loving, loving Sairam, Sister Bernice Mead, welcome to the series Awake, Unite and Inspire. Thank you for taking the time to share your personal journey with us this evening. And my first question to you, Sister Bernice, is how did you first come into contact with Sri Satya Sai Baba? Well, as you probably know, I was a fundamental Christian and, uh, and my husband uh, didn't, didn't really go along with that so much. And so we started meditation classes and then um, we would go to a meeting at a little metaphysical church and once a month they had a guest speaker. And so in February of 1979, we went to this meeting and it was a man talking about his experiences with a holy man in India, Satya Sai Baba. Well, when my husband said, would you like to go hear him speak? He said, he says he's a reincarnation of Krishna. Well, right away, I put up a red flag. I said, oh, no, because all I knew about Krishna was the Harry Krishnas at the airport who were happy and looked like they were happy on something besides uh, God. So anyway, I wasn't, you know, Krishna didn't mean a lot to me. But anyway, I ended up going and he began to tell his story and, and he had a lot of contact with Elsie and Walter Cowan, you know, who has started the book center, of course, and his story of Walter being raised from the dead. Well, we were absolutely captivated because he told one story after another, and then he showed Dick Box movie, The Aura of Divinity. And at the and then we had this sweet smell. We got this very beautiful smell. And so we wondered, where did it come from? And Ron said, they, they must be burning incense. Well, they weren't. So it was Swami, you know, really calling us in. And when we left that meeting, we were both so high. We said, you know, um, we're going to pursue this because it looks like something. And they had three books for sale that night. One was, of course, the uh, Aura of Divinity and one was the, uh, the, such a, uh, the Holy Man and Psychiatrist. So anyway, we bought the, all three books and brought them home and read them, of course, uh, right away. And I wanted to go to India right away, but I knew no no one else. But uh, I had a friend that was a uh, a teacher friend, and so uh, anyway, she told me about a meeting that the bookstore had, and I didn't know anything about the bookstore, of course, except that the Harold Stokes, who told us about Swami, had told us about the Calvins who started the bookstore. So uh, they said, well, they have a meeting once a month. And their meeting is next Sunday, if you'd like to go. And so I, that was the end of August, 97. See, it was seven months later after we had found out about him. So we went to this meeting and at the meeting, they, there were several people who had just returned from seeing Swami. And Swami told them, go home and start children's classes. Well, that turned me on because I was a teacher. So I said, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to have children's classes. So I met this lady uh, there at the time, and, and she said, well, she was a teacher too, and she had a center in her home in Buena Park. So she invited us to the center, and so she said, uh, I'll help you. Let's, let's do, let's start a children's class. So we went to her house to the center. It was a small, small center, maybe less than 10 people. I mean, it was really a small center. And so we decided that we would start a children's class at my house. I had two children. Uh, that were preteen and teenager. And so we decided she had a son that had uh, learning disabilities. And so we said, with our three children, we can start a class. 
So at this meeting, we found uh, another Indian family and they had two, two boys. So we started the class uh, with basically five children. And I didn't know what to do, you know? I mean, we had, uh, we'd heard about Swami and, and we sang a few budgeons. And so well, what are we gonna do? Huh? What are we going to? So we decided that we would teach them some budgeons. <laughs> I knew nothing about budgets or anything what they meant. So of course, we, the first budget we taught them was Ganesha. So anyway, my children seemed to be happy. You know, they went to Sunday school, but they seemed to be happy with this new pathway that we had. And we had a big two-story house in Fountain Valley. And so we made the upstairs, we had a big room, game room upstairs. And so we made it into kind of a little, a little altar and, uh, and started the classes and with our five children. And uh, I, it was just, uh, well, it was just really, uh, I, we didn't know what to do. But then we got a message from Swami uh, through, through the book center, through someone, that he was going to have a teacher training in 1981 at Prashanthi So I said, well, I'm going to go. This, I have to go to this one for sure. So uh, anyway, that, uh, but before that, uh, in 1978, all these people that would come to my house, and and so we decided that we wanted to go see Swami. So there were 15 of us that went to see Swami on the first trip in 1978, and Swami called us all into the Mandir and talked to, and there were a lot of people from Europe, of course, and uh, and uh, what what country is it that they have a lot of people that that come, they were a lot of them there. They, they kept saying, no, Swami only wants us. And we said, no, Swami said all Westerners. So that would include the Americans too. But anyway, we went into the Mandir and Swami gave us a, a discourse and, and it was really very sweet. And, and, uh, and I remember the lights went out. The first miracle I saw him do, the lights went out in the Mandir and everybody went, oh, like that. And he just jerked his head like this and they came back on. And I thought, wait, well, hey, you know, this guy, he's, he's really, he's got something really uh, special here. And so he came around and, and the menu was full. I mean, it was uh, absolutely full. I mean, there must've been a hundred of us in there. And he came around to each one of us and handed us packets of a booty. And so I said to him, thank you. And he said, mm-hmm. And then that afternoon I was, because at the, he gave us a discourse and he spoke of course in Telugu and he had Kasturi to change the Telugu to, from Telugu to English. And then we had uh, the guy from Europe. Uh, I'm trying to think what uh, country they, they were all from. Anyway, he, he, he translated from English to the European language. And so Swami would speak in Telugu, then English and then the other language. And by the time he got through, I didn't know what he said. I thought I was so confused. So I wrote Swami a letter that afternoon. I went to my Darshan and, and he came to me and took my letter. And remember the morning when he gave me a hand, handful of the booty packets, I said, thank you. So I handed him my letter and he said, thank you. So my first word to him was thank you. And his first words to me were thank you. So anyway, it was a, uh, it was a, a trying time in a sense because I, I I wanted to believe that he was who he said he was and and uh, but I knew that that my journey was beginning with this new teacher and so uh, basically that was like my first trip in seventy eight and in seventy nine uh, I had a dream and he said and I, I was having confused whether I 
should go or not. Oh, well, wait, I, I want to tell Yeah. So I went, he, he, uh, he called me in a dream. And so I told my husband, I woke him up and I said, I've got to go see Swami. And he said, I just had a dream. He said, come now. My husband said, well, I don't know if that's what he meant. And so I said, well, what did he mean then? He said, come now. So I went, but it's, it was, it, that was a really interesting trip because all my friends were coming home and I, it was late summer and I was leaving to go to India. So when I was there, I was basically alone from my country because everybody else had come home. And, and I uh, had, had doubts. I said below, he, that was when he you know, slept in the Mandir up, upstairs. And I went about four o'clock one morning. And it was a beautiful morning and I was so happy to be there and sat below his window and started meditating. And this thought came to me, what if he isn't who he says he is? And I couldn't get it out of my mind. Whoa, where did this come from? So I ran back to my room and, and I started praying to God who I'd always prayed to way out there. And then uh, I went into my room and I cried. I cried and I cried because I was confused. I didn't know, is Swami for real? Is, am I at the right place? I see, remember, I'm there alone. I, I went, everybody else, my friends had come home and I'm there alone. And I'm having these doubts and these concerns and, and so it's Darshan time. And so I think, well, I guess I'll go to Darshan. I didn't much want to, but I went. And so when Swami came out, I could see he was powerful. You know, I mean, he was glowing and he was, so I thought I can't look at him. I've got to close my eyes. So I closed my eyes and then the people over on my right began to laugh. Well, that was my dream. In my dream, the people on the right began to laugh. And when I opened up my eyes, Swami was there. He said, come now. So I thought, oh my gosh. This is my dream. And, and should I open up my eyes? Because if I open up my eyes, Swami's going to be there. Do I want to see him? And I, I had this, all these thoughts just bombarding me. So anyway, I did open my eyes and he was there. So he motioned for me to go into the interview room. So that was my first interview. And I had doubts and I had been crying all morning. And so when I went in, there were just seven of us there. And he said, would you like some candy? <laughs> And it's funny because my father had a grocery store and when my sister and I, we were little girls, we were sad or unhappy about something. Daddy would always bring us candy, give us candy. So here, that was my earthly father. Well, here's my heavenly father. I was crying all morning and he said, would you like some candy? And so he moved his arm and he made candy and gave some to all of us. And it was, of course, it was very delicious, of course. And that, and then he began to tell me all my thoughts I'd had that morning, what I was going through and with my mind. And, uh, and so I thought, you know, and then he began to talk about my husband and my son. And I thought, how does he know them? How does he know, you know, who they are that, so by the end of that interview, I had a pretty good idea uh, who he was, but it was a, that was a very important trip because I had to go through all of that to know that I didn't know that those doubts were inside me, you see, until he pulled them out there when I'm meditating, he pulled them right out of me, said, whoa, you know, what if I'm the antichrist? And I'm thinking, whoa, what if you are? So anyway, there was important, that trip was important in the fact that I went alone and I had to go through that. I had to, to get through that. And so I did. So that was basically my first trip and, and uh, it was a good trip. Uh, Wonderful, Bernice. Really, really beautiful. 
and intriguing how you met and came into contact with Sri Satya Sai Baba. So can you share with us two of your most memorable experiences you have had with Mother Sai? Well, uh, I think uh, in my second trip when I went, when my husband took me to the airport, he said, kiss his lotus feet for me. So uh, Swami called me in and the lady there said, uh, Swami, may I do Padmanabha? Well, I didn't, I didn't have any thoughts of kissing his feet. That wasn't a thing. The Christians do that type of thing. So, you know, I was so, and Swan, and Ron had said, you know, kiss his lotus feet for me. So anyway, she asked if she could do Padmanabha and he said, yes. And he turned to me and he says, you too. And then he said, for husband too. Well, that got my attention because Ron had said at the airport, kiss his lotus feet. And so here Swami saying, for husband too. So that was an eye opener. I mean, that was really, uh, but I think that one of the most significant trips was after I was selected the national education coordinator. Well, then my son was a stunt man, you know, at Knott's Berry Farm and Universal Studios out here. And during one of his performances uh, in his jumps, he, he hit the pad, but he fell off and he had a head injury. So he basically was in a coma for 20 years. And so, that was 93 and 93 and that's when I was selected the national education coordinator. So that accident happened and I was getting ready to go to India and I said I can't do it. I cannot do this, uh, this role because my son in but anyway, I went and to tell Swami I can't do this. I've been selected as a national education coordinator. He called me in. And so he said, What are you doing? <laughs> of course, and I said, Well, Swami, I've just been selected the national education coordinator. Oh, wonderful. I said, she's national. And he points to me and said, she's national. And I'd say, oh, no, you know, wait a minute. I don't want to make a big deal out of this because I want to quit. I don't want to be national. So I said, but Swami, I can't do the work. I said, my son is in a coma and I have to visit him every day and I cannot, I cannot do this work. And he said, what? You must do the work. He said, this is the role that I have given you to play. And he pointed, this was a small interview again, but he pointed to all of us. And he said, all of you are actors and you all have your roles to play. And he said, and he sat back in his chair and he said, and I'm the director. And so he, he turned to me and he put his finger in the middle of my forehead. And he said, I'm blessing you. I'm directing you, have confidence. You must play this role. And so I knew then that then I, I said, well, Swami, there's a, a manual that we need to do. And he said, yes, go do the manual, do the manual. So when I came back from that trip, I went to my center and I told him about my uh, trip, of course, and my interview with Swami and how he had said, yes, this was a role I had given you to play, but do the manual. So at the end of the meeting, this lady comes up to me who was went to my center, Corinne Cody, and she says, Bernice, uh, would you like to have my resume? And that resume, I never heard of people passing resumes in the SAI organization. She says, I am a uh, editor. And she said, I have written California state textbooks. And she said, I will help you with a manual. Now this is the first meeting I went to after being with Swami, he says, finish the manual, do the manual. So you see Swami was in complete control. 
And so Corinne and I, of course, uh, worked together. I did a lot of research. I got a lot of people around here that did research and we did the manual. And so the manual, that's the manual that everybody is using today. And, uh, and Swami, when, when uh, Bob, um, the, the bookstore man took it to Swami and uh, Bob Bazzani, he handed the manual, it was a rough draft, he handed the manual to Swami and Swami said, this is a very important book, print it. And so uh, when, when, when Bob came home, he said, we've got to print the book. And, uh, and I, I was getting ready to go to San Francisco for my first uh, teacher training after this. And uh, we, he, we finished the manual and I took the first manual to the San Francisco to their, their teacher training. And so, uh, it was, it was kind of magic, you know, as Swami was running the show and even with the manual uh, and the manual is still of course very important and it is a very good book and it is a very important book. And it wasn't, a lot of people think I wrote it but I did a lot of research but there were many people involved and Corinne Cody, thank God for Corinne because uh, she just passed away recently. But anyway, uh, she was a very important person in this whole drama because of her profession as a, as a, you know, an editor, a professional editor. And that's what made the book readable and made it really a good book. So basically, uh, that's it. <laughs> Bernice, thank you so much. So beautiful, so soulful, and so inspiring. So Bernice, what does Sai Baba mean to you today? Well, I know who Baba is. I know that that was God on earth. And, and I am so very grateful uh, for having been called in and for me accepting it, accepting his invitation. Uh, it's not that I haven't had doubts at times and, and gone through some, you know, some uh, troubles and that type of thing. And when I went uh, after Jay had his accident and I told him that I just couldn't do this. Well, he took me in the small room and I was with, uh, he called me in with a heart surgeon from uh, Waco, Texas. He was there to do surgery at Swami's hospital and they were in the interview with me. And so I, Swami had me sit down beside his chair and he reached down and he got my hand and he held my hand during this interview. And, and I'm in tears because, uh, you know, he, he has told me this is a, work that I need to do. And so I know that I, I cannot quit my work. I've got to do this work. And so the doctor's wife asked Swami a question and he answered it. I don't know what the question was. He answered it and she started crying and she just cried and cried. Well, I'm sitting there, tears are going down my cheeks because I'm, I'm uh, in bliss set, sitting there holding, I'm sitting beside his chair, holding his hand. And so he said, oh, stop your crying. I said, uh, no not emotion, devotion. So to me, that was so, uh, so very sweet. And it was just, uh, he, you know, he, he had my thoughts here. I'm sitting here thinking I'm all emotional. He said, no, not emotional. Wonderful, Bernice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Not emotion, devotion. So Bernice, I know Swami had provided you guidance and instructions to go to Russia to do some Sai work. 
Can you share that experience with us? Yes. Uh, well, I was in, invited to go to Russia, but I didn't want to go. And, and so I, I went to Swami. It's very important. You go to Russia. And so that's all he said. So I knew that I had no choice. And, and so when I, I came home, uh, I, I made plans to, to go to Russia. And so I went to St. Petersburg first and, and I was met by the head honcho of the, of the uh, Psy organization in Russia. And he said, would, and I got there on Saturday night and he said, would you do a training tomorrow? Said, uh, we have uh, two, uh, two of our devotees are like the principals, uh, what we call principals here, the head of the two schools. And they would like for you to do a teacher training. Now I'm just getting in from, from my home, from USA. And it's Sunday, it's a sun, it's Saturday night and Sunday morning, he wants me to go do a training. So, okay. Uh, so I, I went and of course the room was filled up with teachers. These are public school teachers. And so um, when I, so the, the two directors, there were two schools. And so they wanted to meet with me and talk with me first. And so they did. And so as we were walking out the door, the one of the directors, she says, uh, I had this dream last night and Swami sent you to us. And so I thought, oh boy, here, I don't even want to be here. First of all, I don't want to do this training. This is going to be an all day training, which I didn't know I was going to have to do when I came. And they told me the night before that I had this training. I had no materials, but it wouldn't matter because my materials are in English. They're not in Russian. So, uh, so I just had to fly by the night. And, uh, and so, <laughs> so anyway, it turned out to be a very beautiful day. And the teachers were so sweet and so uh, they just they seemed to latch on to every word I said. And I know that Swami was directing the show. I mean, I, I feel like that he was, uh, you know, and so then I was I had to go to Moscow because I was asked to speak at their they had a conference and they I was one of the speakers in Moscow. And so I didn't do a training there, but I had to I talked to the teachers and uh, told them basically what the, the training was and what they needed to do and that type of thing. But Russia was a good experience for me. I, I fell in love with Russia and its people, they were so sweet and they just seemed to hang on to every word I said. Uh, uh, they they love Swami very much. Thank you very much, uh, Sister Bernice for sharing that. And then Sister Bernice, you talked about your son getting into an accident and being in a coma for 20 years. We are aware that you have written a book, Letters from J, and you would have had guidance from Swami over that period of time that he was in the coma. Can you share that experience with us? Well, uh, yes. Uh, it's interesting because uh, this lady in, in Northern California, uh, I, I, she, she and her husband came down and they spoke at, uh, at the uh, center and, and, and I met her there. But when I was in India, after Jay's accident, uh, I met uh, a doctor from Stanford University and she said, Bernice, you've got to come to San Francisco because you've, you've got to meet Debbie. Debbie and I have done children's workbooks and you've got to come and meet her because she's so all right. This, this was when I was there in February when Swami told me that I had to do the work. So anyway, uh, the year went on and I was doing teacher trainings in 
So September came and I still hadn't gone. And so Debbie called, she said, Bernice, uh, uh, no, no, the doctor called. She said, you, you haven't come. I said, you know, I have this weekend free. I'll come and, and visit, see you to see the children's artwork. So basically when I got to San Francisco and they, uh, they had the Psy Center in their home, Debbie and her husband had the Psy Center in their home. So I went to the Psy Center and, and her husband said, uh, you know, this house, uh, they had a beautiful home and said this house was built by architects out from the other side. And I said, the other side of what? Uh, you know, I'm, he's talking crazy. I mean, here, uh, the, so he said, no, Debbie is able to communicate uh, with people on the other side and said that five architects uh, helped, uh, she drew plans from these five architects on the other side. Okay, so, uh, but anyway, um, during that trip, I wanted to see the children's artwork, but we went to a little room to, uh, to talk with Debbie about the artwork and all. But then she starts talking about Jay. Said, Jay's coming through. And Jay, I mean, I didn't see Jay. And so she's telling me things that she shouldn't know because she doesn't know Jay. She's never met Jay. And Jay's talking to her. I don't see Jay, but he's there. So that, I'm in shock because now her husband's told me that five architects from the other side uh, gave her plans for this house. And now then Jay's, Jay's in a coma in Orange County. He can't be. So <clears throat> I listened to her, but what comes through is saying she doesn't know anything about Jay. And Jay's telling her things that, that got my attention real quick. So anyway, uh, at, at the end, Jay said, I'm going to write you and dad a letter and tell you what's happening. So when, Jay, when she came out of her kind of a trance, I said, Jay tells us he's going to write letters. How's he going to do that? She says, I don't know. She says, you just pay attention to any mail you get. And I said, I can't do that. She said, well, if he said he's going to write you a letter, he's going to write you a letter. So, okay. So the next week when I get home, Debbie calls and she says, I have a letter from Jay. Says he came to me this morning. Would you like to have it? I said, yes. Yeah. So she emailed it to um, the book center. And so uh, we got our first letter and it looked, I mean, it, it shocked both Ron and I because it was Jay, you know, it was so Jay. And so then the letters began to come and they, so anyway, uh, when I went to see Swami uh, later, uh, there's a uh, 2008, that was my last time that I talked with Swami. And uh, it was a wonderful, I sat at his feet and it was just being close to Swami and and he just gave me so much love and so much. And so I, I said to uh, Swami, I said, Swami, we've been getting these letters from Jay and, and I don't know whether I should share them. He says, yes, share the letters. And then he said again, share the letters. And so as we're getting ready to walk out of the interview, he turns to me and he says, I am with you always. And then the last thing he said, share the letters. And so I knew then I was writing the book already, but I didn't know whether I should share them, you know, it just kind of with side devotees and that kind of thing. But when Swami said, yes, share the letters. And so I came home and finished the book and uh, shared the letters. So basically that's, uh, it was a blessing from Swami. And Bernice, are you able to share 
what were some of the contents of the letters because you put it in a beautiful book form. Can you share a little bit about the messages that well, basically some of what he was well, basically what he was saying were teachings of Swami, basically, that we're all God and uh and and you know uh to to do the right thing and basically it was Swami's teachings the way I look at it. Uh ever let and, and of course a lot of the letters you know, I was going through a lot of uh, uh, stuff and and uh, with his accident and that type of thing. And, and so he was telling us, oh, you know, everything is perfect. Everything that happens has to happen. So, uh, you know, just kind of get used to it. So all his, and the people that have read the, I did a training in Houston, Texas uh, a couple of years ago or last year sometime. And so uh, this doctor gets up and he starts talking about the book. And he says, I, and I don't, when I do the training, I don't talk about my book. I'm not selling a book. I'm doing teacher trainings to tell people, do good, be good, see good, and practice the values and to teach the values. And I'm not selling my book. I don't ever mention my book. So this doctor gets up and he said, I'd like to tell you all about a book that Bernice Mead has written. He says, it's letters from Jay. And he said, I'm a doctor. And he said, the information that's, that's in that book is, is very important. And he says, I give that to every one of my patients that I have in the coma, their, their families. Well, I was shocked because he gets up and he talks about my book. Well, I, I never mentioned the book, but anyway, uh, when people have written, then I, I got a call from a guy in Ojai and he said, Bernice, I, and I don't, didn't know him. And he was not even a Baba devotee, I don't think. But anyway, he said, I read your book and he said, I tell you, I've read it 18 times. And I thought, wait a minute, who would read a book 18 times? I didn't, that didn't seem right to me, but I listened to him. I didn't question him. He said, I've read the book 18 times. He said, it is so valuable. He said, every time I read it, I, I find something else. And he said, I'm so sorry that I didn't know about Sai Baba when he was here. He said, I never heard about him until just recently. And, and your book is one of the first books I had read. And he said that I just really am sorry that I never got a chance to know him. So I get calls like that quite frequently. And so I know that it has helped a lot of people. And I'm grateful for that. And it's truth. To me, it's just truth. You know, it's just what it is. It's we're all God. Uh, we're no different from God. And we got to do good. We got to be good. We got to see good. We've got to play this role right. We all have a role to play and we got to play it right. And basically, that's what Jay was saying. So, Sister Bernice, where is this book available if devotees would like to get? It's available at the book center, at the Sai Baba Book Center. Thank you very much. So, Sister Bernice, let's go back to the time of the accident of your son. You are a mother. Your son was in coma for a period of 20 years. And as a mother, I could imagine the pain the sadness, the, 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 the frustration that you must have felt, and then having now to deal with that situation for 20 years. What was it like for you during that time, and how did Swami help you navigate through it? Well, it, like I said, it wasn't an easy time. Uh, when I was selected the education coordinator, I knew that I had to go to India to see Swami. And so Ron and I, we were both... Uh, you know, retired school teachers. 
And uh, we had gone to Oklahoma because his folks lived in, in Oklahoma. We went to see them and our daughter lived in Kansas. And so we went to see her. And then uh, when I came back, I was going to go to India before I started taking these teacher trainings. I needed to see Swami uh, and get his guidance and that type of thing. So uh, we had a motorhome and I would sit in the back and, and I was doing research for this manual because I knew we needed to do the manual and I was doing research for this manual. So I read this story and the story was this man, it's from Swami, Swami was telling the story. This man lost his son and his friend was with him and the man was crying and crying and crying. And the, the man said, well, hey, have, have you forgotten our scriptures? Says our scriptures say, when your karma is finished, you no longer have to be here. He said, your son's karma was finished and he no, 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 no longer had to be here. So, okay. But the next week, the man who advised him of that, his son died and he's crying. That's why he's telling the story. And so the other man said, hey, don't you remember last week when you told me that when your karma's over, you no longer have to be here. He said, well, that's happened to your son. And so I'm thinking, now my son is jumping off of uh, buildings and doing crazy stuff, stunts at uh, Knott's Berry Farm and at Universal Studios. He's an actor, you know, and a stuntman. And the thought comes to me, what if he takes my son? What if something happens to my son? And I couldn't get it out of my mind for a while. And it just kept, and I'm getting ready to go see Swami, of course, because I've been selected the national education coordinator and I've got to go see, and I made reservations to go in two weeks. So I went to Ojai and uh, Pat Wing, uh, who was helping me with the manual. We worked all this Saturday on the manual because I wanted to take a rough draft to Swami because I had reservations in two weeks to go to see Swami before I do my teacher trainings. And I, we were at a campsite there in Ojai because it's uh, it's about a couple of hours drive from here where we live. So uh, I get a phone call from Ron uh, at the campsite uh, while we're working on the manual. And he says, we have to leave. Said Jay's been in an accident and he's in uh, surgery at UCI at uh, Irvine Hospital. What? And so what comes to my mind? The story I read on the way to California uh, after the, uh, my trip back, back east. And on my drive back to the campground, I cry and I say, Swami, were you preparing me to take my son away? Why are you taking my son? And I'm really mad at Swami because here Jay is in, in surgery and it looks like it's very serious and it looks like he may die. And I'm getting ready to go to India to get your guidance for my teacher trainings. And I'm, I'm unhappy with Swami. I'm very unhappy and I'm crying my eyes out. And so uh, I get to the campground and Ron said, well, we have to leave right now. And so we left and Jay was uh, just out of surgery, but we couldn't see him yet. And the doctor said, uh, it looks, doesn't look good. It looks like that he may not survive. But anyway, uh, I stayed, I couldn't leave the hospital. I stayed there all night uh, because he was critical. And it was, it was kind of eerie because I was sitting in the lounge and all the stunt people from Knott's Berry Farm, they worked at Universal Studios, they all came and they were all crying and sad and praying. And it was kind of a beautiful evening. And when they all left, Ron went back to the campground and I said, I can't leave because I think if Jay dies tonight, I want to be here. And so I'm listening here. I'm alone here waiting, and my son is in critical condition and I'm listening to the news talking about my son. 
And it was, uh, it was quite an experience. You know, I, I talked to Swami and I said, what is going on here? You know what? But you know, it was all part, part of what had to be. And, and I can't say what that part is, but I do know that the letters have helped a lot of people and that Jay's served a purpose on, on, on earth. And the last time I talked to Jay, I talked to Swami about Jay, Jay was still alive. And, and one of the guys said, is Jay gonna be all right? And Swami said, Jay, 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 why do you worry about Jay? And so I knew then that I could not ask any more questions about Jay. And then Jay, of course, left his body not too long after that. So anyway, I think the book has served a lot of people. A lot of people have talked about how important, and I think that was Jay's role to play. That was what he had to do. And uh, he was always a good kid. You know, he was always, uh, one day we had, um, we called it Malvika's in those days in my home. And so Jay and Jan were part of the class and Jay had gotten a little uh, 110 camera for Christmas. And in the meditation, when we came out of meditation, Jay just laughed, he said, well, I saw Swami today in my meditation and said, he had a 110 camera, just like I had for Christmas. He's taking a picture of me. <laughs> so that was, and then we looked at the chair. We had a robe on the chair, and it looked like someone had been sitting in that chair. There was an indention in the robe. So I think Jay was right. Swami was there. It was a, it was a very... Wonderful, wonderful. And so much of Swami's compassion and love as a divine mother was showered upon you. So, Sister Bernice, you've been to Prashanti Nilayam many, many times. You've had wonderful divine interactions and interviews with Bhagwan Baba. So my question to you is, why is it so important to stay connected with Prashanti Nilayam? Well, that was God's home and that, that was a special place. To me, it will always be a special place, just like Bethlehem is now for Christians. It will always be a special place. God lived there. God taught taught us there uh he talked to us and his remains are still there although you know to me uh, i can't get excited about the body there because i had too much too many experiences with with him uh in the body and I, so i can't get i can't associate myself with just a body you know what i'm saying but to me prashantinelium is uh, will always be a sacred place will always be and in time uh, Swami, Swami, that's why I think people who have had a lot of experiences, they need to write those experiences down. Because let's say in a thousand years, that's going to be very important, just like the Bible is today, the stories in the Bible. It's going to be just as important a thousand years from now as it is today. So everybody that's had lots of experiences, they need to write them down and share them for, for humanity, for the sake of humanity. And so uh, he was God. He was God on earth and, uh, and his teachings. Uh, I mean, I, I can't, I, when I think of how fortunate all of us have been, to me, it's, uh, it's staggering. It's just staggering because we communicated with God. He communicated with us. And uh, what more would we want? So, Sister Bernice, you know, when you're driving 
into the village of Puttaparthi and you walk through the Ganesha gate or the other gate that allows the vehicles to come through, the moment you enter the ashram, how would you begin to feel? And what was it like being in the ashram for 20 days, 30 days, 40 days? Talk a little bit about your experience in terms of the vibrations, the energy, the contact with Swami. Well, it's almost hard to explain because there were times, you know, I went many times, like 27 times or something like that. So there were times when he gave me a lot of attention and there were times when he gave me no attention. And I went to Shivaratri, uh, I think it was uh, 82 or something, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, I went to Shivaratri and he had always given me lots of attention. And during this time, uh, he would look at the person next to me and the person behind me, but not look at me. And, and at the end of that trip, he hadn't looked at me at all. And I, I was just really, and in fact, uh, when we went to Darshan one day, the saved dolls separated me and put me over in another section. I said, well, I'm with these people. And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I said, if they're called in, you go in. If you're called in, you, they go in. And so she put me over here and I was like third row back or something. And they were closer to the front row. So anyway, um, so when I, I went out and sat on the stupa, you know where the stupa was, and I said, Swami, why are you doing this to me? I said, uh, you know, I go, I go anywhere you want me to go to train teachers, and I go here, I go there, and you know what he said to me? I go ego. I go ego. That's what I heard inside my head. I thought, oh, stop it, Swami. I mean, <laughs> it was just something. I mean, it was so true. Yeah, I go, I go here. Yeah, I go ego. So uh, those are the type of experiences I was having later because I was having to go inside, you know, to to uh, to meet him inside. I mean, it's just on that trip home, we uh, we were in a taxi uh, going to the airport, and they were uh, harvesting sugarcane. And I was a farm girl and we had sugar cane and I remember chewing on that sugar cane. And, and I said, oh, I remember my days as a child working on the farm and eating the sugar cane. I'd love to have some sugar cane. And in the taxi with us was a doctor who spoke Telugu. And he said, well, I, I'll speak. So stop, stop the taxi and we'll talk to the farmers here and I'll get you some sugar cane. So anyway, we stopped and, and the farmer gave you some sugar cane and it was a Volkswagen type bus and it had a little little sink there and so he took that sugar cane he beat it and he beat it and he beat it to get a piece off from us so anyway we each got a little piece of sugar cane and when I got home I read in Swami's discourse this was the first night after I got home in the discourse he said I have to treat you like the sugar cane I have to beat you and beat you to get the sweetness out I said, stop it, Swami. That's not nice. That isn't nice. <laughs> but those were the type of experiences that I would have with Swami. I mean, uh, I feel grateful now. What a beautiful, beautiful life lesson for all of us, Sister Bernice. So, Sister Bernice, you've been very much involved, as you said, with teacher training with teaching children, with imparting human values. You know, when you look around in the society today, 
There's so much of apparent chaos. There's a lack of practicing of human values. There's a lot of talk about it, but there are very few practitioners, people who are living the message, walking the talk and being the example. And Swami has said that, Swami has said that educate is the Veda of the 21st century and that the practicing of human values is the vehicle through which transformation of the world will take place with every individual. Can you share a little bit how important it is that we practice human values and also the role of parents, especially in character development of children? I want to first tell you a little story about one time when I was in with Swami and, and I was complaining about my classroom, my public school classroom. I said, Swami, I'm so concerned about our children. I said, there's so many dysfunctional families and I'm going on and telling you about these children that I, I feel so bad about and these dysfunctional families. And he listens to me and then he says, but that's not all bad. It takes the darkness for the light to be seen. And that set me back a little bit because that's what our role is playing now, the light. We're in darkness. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, the whole world is in darkness and we are the lights and it takes this darkness to see the light. How could you otherwise see the light if it weren't dark? And so anyway, it's very, I mean, the teachings are universal. They're not just Swami's teachings, they're universal because we are human beings, but other than that, we're God. We come from God and we are no different from God. And so we have to live, to be that, to be good, do good, see good. And um, I, I, I don't know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I had experience uh, when I did one of my first teacher trainings in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know whether you ever listened to Ted Henry, he's interviewed me a couple of times, but I, I told the story of, of uh, this young man that came up to me uh, in New Jersey and he looked like Swami did when he was very young. And so I said, uh, did anybody ever tell you that you look like Swami? And he said, shh. And no, I said, no, really, you look like Swami. And he, he didn't want me to talk about it. So anyway, everybody wanted me to sign the manual. So I'm signing the manual and I go, go do good, be good, see good, and I sign my name. And then pretty soon here he comes with the manual. And I'm saying, I said, look, I can't sign your manual. This is God. Am I going to say, do good, be good, see good? You see what I'm saying? So I said, I can't. He said, what? You signed everybody else's manual and you're not going to sign mine? And I said, oh, give it to me. And so I wrote on it, you are God. You are no different from God. And I love you. And you know what he said to me? You signed my, my book differently. I said, yes, I had to. He said, yes, I know. It was a great experience. I mean, it was really, you know, uh, to sign his manual. I don't know what he did with it, but anyway, <laughs> it was quite an experience. It was wonderful having those experiences with Swami here in this country. So Bernice, as we just highlighted, the world is crying out for love, for human values. There's every conceivable type of negativity prevalent in the world today. There is discord between parents and children, between nation and nation, between families and families. Now we have the pandemic virus that is 
causing so much of chaos and loss of lives. So from your perspective, as an educator where human values are concerned, what can you share with the general public out there as to how we could create a better and a more value-based society? Well, I think I'm beginning to see it happen a little bit. You know, remember, it takes the darkness for the light to be seen. And so we're going through a lot of darkness and people don't like that. None of us like that. But that's what it's taking to get us back to the light. And so I think that everything that's happening is happening for a reason and that it's very important. It's very important for us to begin to see this darkness and to grope for the light because we are light uh, and we are all God, regardless of, of what we act like or, or look like or, or whatever. We, everyone, everyone is God. And so we really have to, and I think those of us that are devotees, I mean, it really, we have a, a role to play and, and we have a responsibility, a big responsibility. And the organization must, within the organization, they must see God in each other. They must work together. And you know, don't worry, should, it, should the organization be in California? Should it be in Prashantini? Quit that stuff. I mean, we are all one. Prashanti Nilium is a center of this organization and it always will be. I mean, it's for Swami and that's what I, I think Swami wanted. We have to have a center somewhere, just like the Christians go to Jerusalem still. And so Prashanti Nilium will always be a special place, I think. And I think that, the, and that it should be because that's where Swami began and where he did most of his teachings. And it's still a sacred place. It's a very sacred place. And uh, we'll be making many uh, trips back there for many years. So Bernice, a couple of years ago, you came to Trinidad and Tobago and yes, the West Indies. Can you share a little bit of that experience? We were so happy and inspired by your sharing when you came on that trip. Can you share a little bit of that experience and what it meant for you? Well, to me, every I, I received so much love. I mean, everywhere I went, everybody loved me, and it was just so very sweet. And and it was like uh, I can't I can't put a word on it. I know even when I spoke, there were several. There was a, one of the fellows was the head of the education in Trinidad, and so. Uh, he was asking about the, you know, the education in in uh, uh, USA, and I said, well, you know, it's not free, not like it is. In, and he said, yes, I know. And so anyway, it was it was just wonderful to be in his presence because, you know, the head of the education department of Trinidad, and uh, to share my experiences with USA. USA was this huge country, and Trinidad is this little island, and this little island was seeing the light and being the light and USA was still a lot of darkness in there. So it was a, it was a sweet, a very sweet time. And I love the people in Trinidad and uh, even talking to them and even speaking in front of the, the people was, was a real treat for me. Uh, I fell in love with Trinidad and I fell in love with these people. It was very sweet. Well, Sister Bernice with Swami's will and his grace we are lovingly inviting you to come again 
to inspire us with your beautiful experiences and your teachings of human values. I'd be happy to. So, on behalf of the Sri Satyasai Global Council West Indies, we want to express gratitude and appreciation to you for taking the time to share your personal journey with us. It has been very illuminating, thought-provoking, and we've learned a lot of lessons. But before we bring this wonderful interview to an end, I want to humbly request you to sing a song. I know you have a favorite song that you sing. That will bring a fitting end to this wonderful interview. Well, I have a song that I sing to Swami, but I don't know that, that it would be appropriate to sing it here. I did sing it in front of Swami, and it was, I was so grateful to be able to sing this song in front of Swami. Uh, you are the Lord of my heart and my soul, Lord of my life, it's beyond my control. Open my eyes to your light. Sigh, open my eyes to your light. Once I have seen you, Lord, heard you and touched you. How can I live in this world without you? Open my eyes to your light. Sahira, let me see you. let me see you. All my life, everywhere. Sahira, Bhagavad. Oh, my God. Sister Bernice, you make our pause raise with that beautiful and touching song. And you've basically brought down the presence of Swami for us to feel through your divine singing. May Bhagwan, may our beautiful Mother Sai continue to bless you, to protect you. May you continue to be a loving instrument in his divine mission. Jai Sai Ram. Hi, Ram, and thank you so much for this experience. I love you all. Sai Ram. <laughs>